Chapter 4. The Facts. Monday, November 28th, 2005. Calvin wished getting out of bed was as easy as falling into it. The night had been fitful and sleepless, which he partially attributed to the strange smear of blue light he saw at about 2 a.m. It hung slightly to the left of the television, which sat across from the foot of the bed. It lasted only a few seconds and reminded him of a reflection of water, but about as tall as an adult human. A surge of adrenaline had coursed through his body when he saw it, not able to tell if it was a reflection from the TV, some sort of light coming in from the windows, or something different entirely. He closed his eyes tightly and willed himself, unsuccessfully, to fall back asleep. Morning came with a feeling of extreme sluggishness. Even a hot shower did little to lift his mind from the foggy, submerged land of disjointed visions and dreams. Coffee, even in the form of a triple mocha, barely lifted his head to the surface. Work had been such a pain lately that he blamed part of his energy drain on the fact that he no longer cared about the success of his clients. They had become high-maintenance and unusually demanding. He wondered why they wouldn't just let him do what they hired him to do without complaint. Calvin had a knack for writing effective TV commercials and could get a concept into production in a timely manner. When he cared enough about his work, there was no one better. However, it seemed lately most clients wanted to not only tell him what to write, but pick the talent and produce the spots too. When the commercials didn't generate results, clients were quick to unload all responsibility onto him. Most days, it led to spending hours persuading his clients that his style would be far more effective for their marketing campaign. It didn't take him long to realize that people think they're experts in advertising just because they watch TV. The desk phone rang and Calvin swore before answering it, sure it was another client ready to make unreasonable demands. He answered anyway. Hi, Kate, he said to the receptionist. Yeah, Calvin, you have a call from a woman named Elizabeth? She says she met you last week at a commercial shoot, that she was an extra. Are you available to take this call? Just her name had a bigger effect on his heart and mind than the hot shower and three shots of espresso. Sure, go ahead and transfer her. It wasn't unusual to receive calls from people who had been extras in commercials. Usually they called to express thanks and convey their hope to land a bigger part. He halfway wondered if that's why Elizabeth had called. Hey Elizabeth, Calvin here. How are you? Hi, so sorry to bother you at work, but I really needed to talk to you. Do you have a couple minutes? In truth, he didn't, but a break from clients sounded pretty good, and her urgency demanded his attention. Sure, what's up? You got a fax this morning, she said, skipping the small talk and getting right to the point. He thought there obviously must be a mistake, and said, A fax? What are you talking about? Do people even still send faxes? Calvin, listen to me. It's... It's from Ellis, said Elizabeth hesitantly. He sat silent for what felt like a minute. Um, okay, he said in disbelief. Just hang on a minute. What? He paused again, trying to figure out how to handle this and get more information out of her. His first thoughts were that she was pulling a fast one on him. He briefly considered hanging up the phone. You mean Ellis, your friend who died? What are you talking about? That doesn't make any sense. Calvin, please, this is so bizarre to me too, and I'm trying not to bawl or freak out. You got a fax, or rather, we got a fax, this morning from Ellis. It came through the fax machine at my work. Elizabeth, stop and think for a second. 
Could this be a hoax? Someone has to have that number and be playing with you. That's obviously the first thing I thought of too, but no one I know has a number to send a fax here. I didn't even know there was a fax machine here. I've been sitting here for an hour debating on whether or not I should even contact you, but believe me when I say there isn't really a way that it could be a hoax from anyone. I know how crazy this one will sound, but I promise you I am not making this up. I would like to meet you for lunch, if you're able. I'll bring the facts and let you decide. Calvin let out a long exhale. She sounded genuine, but he struggled to figure out if it could possibly be real. Why would anyone make up something this bizarre in order to get him to lunch? He made up his mind that it was worth taking it to the next step to see what it was all about. He also reminded himself that it was he who had taken the initiative with this woman to start the conversation and to bring up her dead friend. Okay, I can rearrange my schedule and meet you at noon. Let's say Azteca on Main downtown. Thank you, Calvin, Elizabeth said softly. I'll see you then. He replayed the conversation in his mind. No matter how crazy it seemed, he sort of believed it. The hours flew by as he had small fires to put out all morning. Before he knew it, it was 10 minutes till noon. Walking out of his office, he called to his staff, I'm going out to lunch, I'll be back soon. I have my cell if you guys need anything. And just like that, he bounded down the stairwell toward the brisk outdoors and a lunch date with a very intriguing woman. Calvin burst out the door at street level and had butterflies in his stomach to deal with in addition to the cold air. He couldn't help but be nervous. What kind of strange things are happening to him now? He entered the restaurant and looked around, spotting her quickly in the crowd of tables. She sat with a little girl who looked to be about five years old. The child had straight long hair and wore a pair of thick lensed glasses that were perched precariously on the tip of her nose. She squinted down at the kid's menu coloring page, indicating her trouble seeing the menu clearly. As he approached them, the girl's eyes beamed up him through her glasses with an innocent gleam. Elizabeth quickly turned her head and nervously smiled at him. I'm so glad you came. This is Grace. I'm her nanny, she quickly added. Calvin crouched to her level, reached over, and took little Grace's hand to give it a soft shake and greeting. She beamed even more in delight with the special attention. It's nice to meet you, Grace. That's a great picture you're coloring there. As he sat down across from them, Elizabeth thrust a folded-in-half piece of paper in his direction. Never looking up from her purse, she seemed determined and wasting no time with getting down to the task at hand. He unfolded the slightly crumpled, thin fax paper and read. Page one. Source unknown. Good morning, Calvin. Tell him thank you, Elizabeth. You have a lot of work to do. He can help you find out. Teach each other. Use your spirit connections, E-Train. Find him. No more pain. Don't be afraid. Congratulations on finding each other again. I miss you. I love you both. I would have approved and do. L. Calvin shuddered ever so slightly, yet uncontrollably, as shivers cascaded down his spinal column. He was so incredibly perplexed, confused, and stunned that he didn't have any words to say after reading the facts, except a mumbled, wow. He sat and stared at it for a few more minutes, reading and rereading it. Elizabeth let silence fill the air as the truth of the facts seeped in. Wow, but I don't really understand what this means, he finally managed to say. 
if this is really from Ellis, why me? What does she mean when she says find him? What can he help you find out? Elizabeth looked at him with caring eyes. I don't have all the answers for you right now. I just know that this is from her. She called me E-Train, Calvin. It's a nickname that she had for me, and very few people ever even knew about it at all. It makes me believe unquestionably the authenticity of the source of this fax. I have no idea how she could have done that, but I am not questioning the fact that this is from my Ellis. Her voice quivered and shook as the waiter came to take their order, forcing a much-needed pause in the conversation. Calvin's mind needed a moment to catch up. They ordered quickly and the waiter left. As his mind settled, he knew how he wanted to steer this conversation. Tell me about Ellis. I want to ask you a few questions about her if I can. Anything, Calvin. It seems we're in this together for whatever reason. Ask away. How did Ellis die? He asked. Elizabeth looked taken aback, yet quickly composed herself. She was murdered. She moved up to a small town in Canada with a man we hardly knew. She was out running one morning in a park. Someone attacked her and slit her throat, Elizabeth said as her eyes welled up with tears. And if that's not bad enough, her body wasn't found for, for four days. She'd been raped. Did they ever catch the guy? They never found out who did it. It's an unsolved mystery to this day. I had an uneasy feeling when she told me she was going to move up there. I should have stopped her, but I didn't. I feel so guilty over not being more vocal about it. But she had this new guy. She loved him. And that's what they wanted to do. I guess when a girl gets a man in her life, no matter how good her girlfriends are, she stops holding so much value in their opinions and listens more to what some guy wants than her best friend. Elizabeth's voice trailed off as if remembering the conversation with Ellis. Calvin nodded, understanding. I'm so sorry, Elizabeth. One more thing, Elizabeth said. She was pregnant when she was killed. Calvin's eyes burned with tears as Elizabeth continued. That is partly why she married so suddenly and moved away to be with this guy. She didn't want to be a single mother, to try to raise a child on her own. If she could prevent that by promising to move up north with him, he didn't want to stay in Spokane. So it was marry him and be up there, or be alone with their child here. Calvin sat quietly for a moment as he collected his thoughts around the strange occurrences of the last six days. Why would Ellis's spirit want to find him? He never knew her, even Elizabeth for that matter. Was it her spirit compelling him to talk to Elizabeth in the first place? He didn't know where any of this was going. He just knew he had to sit back and wait to see where the ride took him next. He figured if he started questioning things too much before he knew the facts, he would drive himself crazy with conjecture, and that wouldn't do anybody any good. Finally, he spoke. So what do you make of this facts? What is she talking about with finding him? Are you supposed to try and solve her murder? Because I don't know if I am up for that. I mean, what am I supposed to do? Go to the police and tell them I can communicate with a spirit who wants me to solve her murder that happened? He paused. When did it even happen? Hold on a minute. I think that you are getting way ahead of yourself. I'm not sure what Ellis wants us to do right now. It's true that her murder is unsolved, and it didn't happen that long ago. Her funeral was on April 28th of this year. He shuddered again and suddenly felt chilled. Elizabeth looked at him imploringly, obviously noting his shock. He replied in response to her quizzical look, April 28th. That's my birthday. Wow, replied Elizabeth. Mine is December 25th. 
It took a second to click in his mind when he said, Oh, Christmas baby, huh? Yep, the freaking carpenter steals my birthday every year, she said. He grinned, loving to hear another person speak with the same disregard to religion that he would. Plus, her remark provided a welcome laugh in an intense conversation. Lunch arrived before he could even reply. He turned his attention to Grace. So Grace, how old are you? She looked shyly to Elizabeth, who nodded it in an encouraging manner to put her shyness at ease. With this, the floodgates of five-year-old banter opened completely. I am five years old. I go to kindergarten, but not every day. I have an older brother. He picks on me sometimes. Do you have a cat? Calvin laughed and nodded in the affirmative. Yeah, I do have a cat. What's its name? Is it a boy cat or a girl cat? It's a girl cat, and her name is Mittens. Oh, that's a pretty name. Like little gloves, right? Yes, like little gloves, he replied to Grace. They finished lunch with innocent conversation and laughs until it was time for Calvin to get back to work. With a quick kiss to Grace's little hand and a hug from Elizabeth, he was off and walking back to work. He mused to himself how strange that conversation had been. He reached into his coat pocket and felt the fax paper that was folded up inside. Just touching it raised his heart rate. Christ, maybe I shouldn't even tell Lisa about this one, he muttered to himself as he opened the door to the back stairwell that led up to his office.